Hello, this is Matt Brown, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, June 5th, 2022. Hey everybody, I'm John Vanderbilt. And I'm Kelly Brady. This is the Next Level Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. We have already discussed Top Gun <laughs> offline. What are we going to... The what's three our, of us haven't seen it. We haven't seen our, it yet. No. No, we haven't. But, but, it, <laughs> but it's crazy. The I, I saw the first one. It was all right. <laughs> it's crazy that just the hub hub around it. Everybody says it's awesome. I wonder if everybody is right. I don't know. I'm not rushing to movie theaters these days. Do you guys? No. It's so... I'll just be honest. This time of year is not so busy yeah. for if you've got kids in you school. You just had a marathon weekend with graduation. Graduation Congrats. and like every band concert and soccer games. And right. like, it's just, and then you got like everything that's like rescheduled because it was so rainy. Yeah. So you got makeups and all this. Busy. It's hard to like, busy, busy. hey, let's go to the movies. It's just, there's, it's rough. It's also hard to justify going to the movies when these movies are coming to your home on streaming services. It's like, I can pay 20 bucks for this movie right here and we just stay here and and it's not $100? Huh. It reminds me of those progressive commercials. Do you guys like those commercials? Where it's like, don't be your parent, don't turn in your parents or whatever. And there's one out now where they go to the movie theater together. It's just very funny. And you don't have to clap at the end. Yeah, you don't have to. (laughs) Nobody who made this movie is here. Hey, everybody, there's an open seat next to me. Everybody pass your coat. No, we don't need a coat wrangler. <laughs> it's just so, it's, it, it just hits. It's just so they, true. They go to the statement of the stadium. No, yeah. we don't plan our exit before the event has begun. <laughs> hey, when are we leaving? No, we don't do that. <laughs> oh. All right, so how, how do we feel about Sunday? Mediocre. Mediocre? No, it's good. <laughs> last night's meeting, we had a, a Reach Vision meeting. I really felt good about last night's meeting. It felt like there was a warm spirit in the room, just sweet, and um, people asking uh, good questions, wanting the information, and I thought it was was good, good time. And yeah, I felt fine about Sunday morning. I'm, I'm glad you acknowledged Alex in the room. Yeah, um, you know, because we were like talking about you were like, hey, I'm like, we're, we we don't need to talk around. And like Alex is right here, and everybody clapped. And I was glad he was able to actually answer some direct questions yeah. himself, and people could kind of hear him. And uh, the pastor emeritus Daryl Malcolm was with him. And, and if you're out of the loop, Glowing Bible Church is um, working to adopt a smaller, struggling church called uh, Poplar Creek. Uh, church in Bartlett and so their lead pastor was here last night for this congregational meeting and then Daryl Malcolm who's the pastor emeritus he's uh, 90 plus I think he's 91 and super encouraging guy and I saw Charlie Ox kind of our senior statesman here talking to Daryl Malcolm and I just thought wow two 90 plus guys uh, talking about their investment in the church over That's many cool. decades. Yeah, it was nice. I was at the board last night, and when he was... Soundboard. At the soundboard, and when yeah. he was talking, you were like, you were like, turn up, turn up. I'm like, dude, he is holding his mic yeah. down at his <laughs> belly. I, I've got him all the way up, but it was yeah. like starting to feedback. I funny. hope I'm that sharp at 90. He is sharp. Or 60. Yeah, actually both. <laughs> 55. I'll take it right now. Um, all right, let's get into some questions. Uh, first up. As a stay-at-home mom, I was wondering if you have any thoughts on how to rest on the Sabbath. Also, how do I help my elementary age kids keep the Sabbath holy? Thanks. 
Well, we're missing our uh, mom voice today, so that's that's too bad, lamentable that uh, Simone's not here with us. Uh, I actually ran this question by Sherry last night, um, just saying, trying to get in the first thing. <laughs> She kind of sighed. She goes, oh, I remember those days. Yeah. Never getting a break. Yeah. I actually, we would talk about it when our kids were younger. And for Sherry to feel kind of a Sabbath's rest uh, meant I was on duty and had to take the kids maybe out of the house or something. Um, so that was, she, she just kind of reeled off some things. She, she said uh, rest is going to look differently for different folks. Uh, for the stay-at-home mom, she said, maybe a day of less duties, um, less duties than you typically handle at home. We always did uh, Sunday lunch out if we could, if we could afford it. We do a, a lunch out, so she didn't. We, she, we didn't feel like we had to get home and and do the whole lunch production. And then it was every man for himself uh, at dinner time. Even when our kids were in late elementary, it was. If you want Sunday evening dinner, you got to go figure it out. There's the kitchen. So, you know, cereal or something like that. Um, and then, again, she would, we had often, we had discussions about it. And I, I would have to, I'd have to take the kids if she was uh, going to have a break at some point and have a Sabbath rest. And You would, you would get to take the kids. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And I would, t- I, my day, typically my Sabbath is on Saturdays because I'm working in, uh, at earning a living on Sunday morning. It's a part of my work week. So um, it, I, ironically, Sherry and I rarely, when our kids were young, Sabbathed together. Uh, but now that the kids are out of the house, we, we can plan much easier. It's hard when you're a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. yeah. I can understand the tension because, you know, I like how you said um, don't do uh, as much work as you normally do or do yeah. less work. Because as a stay-at-home mom... Um, I just think a single parents. Or, right, right, right. But like, if you just don't do house things all day long, right. then the next day is... Right. I, I don't know how you could it's like rest. Worse. It's like worse. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Well, I know she would put off the major... Um, like the the shopping runs, she yeah. would. You, you can't have a Sabbath rest if you have to hit the grocery store and do the uh, week's shopping, unless that's restful for you. Yeah, you well, may, if you're alone and all that, the no, that's what I'm saying. And all the kiddos are at home. Yes, right. so that's typically what I will try to do. I don't know if I'm framing it in in Sabbath rest, but when I know like Jennifer needs to get out of the house, like mm-hmm. you know, hey, right. why don't you just just go go wherever you want to go. She may go to Target. She may go to Costco. She may go to the store. She may get things for the family, but the point is she is off, off by, duty. by herself yeah. and with her own thoughts. And, and then I'm at home with the kids. We've talked about this before too. Is like, I mean, it's clear in scripture about, you know, a day that there's this day, you know, off six days and then the seventh day and what that looks like. And, and I'm not saying that that doesn't apply to every phase of your life because I think it certainly does. Um, and I do think there's things to pick a day that can try to do and try to get some rest. But I also think about the value of um, when it's difficult to take an entire day and just stop mm-hmm. completely um, to think about uh, incorporating rest throughout your week when you can, when you can get it. Right, so it may be an hour here, an hour there, or or time here or time there, where you know taking a twenty four hour literal period can be really really difficult when you have a toddler 
right. you know, yeah. um, or multiple kids or, or yeah. whatever. And so um, the idea of that 24-hour break period can be really difficult in certain phases of life. Absolutely. And you're going you're gonna to be able to maximize that at other times in your life. And in certain phases of your life, you're, you're getting rest where you can. I think the importance of the Sabbath is that refocusing on God as your provider and um, creator and sustainer and getting moments to do that throughout your week can be really valuable as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It'll look differently at different time, yeah. time periods of life. Yeah, the second part of this question is, is about teaching your kids. How can we teach our kids, elementary age kids, about keeping the Sabbath holy? And anytime I, we teach our kids, I always want to start with delight, not duty. So when we're going to talk through the commandments um, um, that we're given, always start with delight. The Sabbath is made for man. It was right out of Mark chapter two this week. So what's on God's heart when he gives us the command to, to separate uh, the seventh day? What, what's on his heart is that he's inviting us to enjoy his reign and rule, to acknowledge that he's in charge and we're not in charge. And so anytime we're going to teach our kids on virtually anything, I think about um, sexuality, uh, I, uh, you know, you want to start with the delight, God's design, the beauty of it. Uh, not, you don't want to start with the duties or the burdens of the command, um, and, but you want to talk about God's heart for us to enter his rest um, it's meant to be a blessing to us. And, um, and then I, I would, you know, make it age appropriate. And, and I always, I always like to ask my kids, I would say, Hey, here's what dad's doing for the Sabbath and mom's doing for the Sabbath. What would make sense to you? How could you rest? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're elementary age kids, maybe they have chores that they're not going to do one that one day or, um, I actually think it's, as much as, you know, we talked about, um, you know, a stay-at-home mom or single parent, you know, those sorts of things. If you look at the life of kids, particularly like older elementary than into middle school and high school, like they go run harder and do more than a lot of adults. I mean, they go, there's homework yeah. every night and then there's athletics and extracurriculars yeah. and all these sorts of things. And some of those things are, are fun and restful and uh, enjoyable and, and, but we need to be careful too that not, not just for ourselves, but as we're looking at the life of our kid and we're just programming them seven days a week Agreed. from, you know, 6am till 10pm. And it's like, where do they get to kind of unplug and rest and focus? And my kids during high school, I mean, they would leave the house, I think by 6.30 a.m. Yeah. They wouldn't come home, you know, till 9 p.m. if that was a game day or a track right. meet. It was right. crazy. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I grew up in a culture that was really legalist, legal, had a lot of legalism around the Sabbath. So I grew up in West Michigan and a lot of, uh, most stores not open on Sundays, um, couldn't sell alcohol on Sundays. Um, there was definitely a culture of don't mow your lawn. Like right. if you were mowing your yard, um, so I had the, friends the, that the people out mowing their lawn or, are, you yeah, know, they're working on the Sabbath frowned upon or maybe, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I had friends that, you know, they had a swimming pool and you could swim on Sunday, but you couldn't splash. Is this other. real? I'm dead serious. You couldn't splash. You could get in yeah. the pool, yeah. but you, you couldn't fool around. Right. 
Well, because you couldn't splash. splashing is more work. Yeah, it is turned that, into work or something. Okay. I don't know. There's all guys. I'm telling you, yeah. I can list off lots of different things that you could and couldn't do. You know, oh, um, so you know that some would about like you know food stuff. There's all you know. If you're not in the well, you can grill out, but you can't. Yeah, <laughs> can't right. work in the kitchen yeah. like you normally would, or yeah. you know all sorts of wow. Um, and then people, you know, then, you know, as stores started to open on Sundays and, and refused to stay closed, you know, and th- yeah. that kind of thing, then you yeah. have this like, well, where do you shop? Well, do you shop at Meyer or do you shop at family fair? Cause family fair is closed on Sunday. So that's the, they're doing it right. They're doing it right. You know, and right. this place is open. You know, we're just modern day Pharisees, like, you know, taking this right. rule and yeah. trying to right. thread it's needles. Just, and I mean, I, I do see some. You know, there are places still even today that don't open on Sunday because they want to give their workers a rest. And I admire that. I think that's, yeah. that's great. But um, when you it, make it... It, de- it depends on the one's heart. Yes. Is it, it are you, is it, you're trying to perform? Right. You're trying to prove something? Merit? Yeah, yeah, right. What is, Ch- what is Chick-fil-A's statement? Do you guys know? Have about they, their closure about their on Sunday? Sunday? Yeah. It's, it's just, just to give their workers rest? a break. Yeah. 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 Wheaton College always closed their library on Sunday. Which at a certain time, I mean, was it all when I was there? I think it was, I didn't go a lot to the library, but (laughs) I heard, (laughs) I heard about it. Well, the dining hall is closed at, on Sunday night, Sunday evening. And Hmm. this is a perfect uh, segue to our next question. The next one. What is your take on Colossians 2, 16 to 17 as it relates to the Sabbath? Thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah. John, you preached on Colossians a year ago. Yeah. You're welcome for doing the podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Someone said thanks. Uh, yeah. I preached on uh, Colossians 2, 16, through 16 and 17 in the summer. We did the, the book of uh, Colossians. And I, I went back and looked at, um, looked at uh, the, my sermon that covered that text. Here, let me just read the verses. Okay. Uh, it's Colossians two sixteen to 17. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Yeah, so uh, I'll try to summarize as, as best I can. Um, basically, what Paul is talking about here is um, in the Old Testament, in, in particular in the law, there were all these strict regulations um, established for what the Jewish people could eat and not eat and um, all sorts of details. It's found, the stuff that Paul's talking about here specifically is found in Leviticus 11. If you really would like to do a deep dive, you can read Leviticus 11 and... Um, and you can find out a lot more. But the law had specific instructions about the new moon day, the first day of the month, that is, and this day was to be set aside for God, and people were to offer sacrifices to God and thank him and honor him in addition to the weekly sacrifices. Um, so what we see going on here in Colossae is that people were saying that if you, if you don't follow the law's restrictions about diet and all these other sorts of things. Sabbath included. Yeah, Sabbath and the new moon. Um, celebration, then you were condemned. And so what Paul is, is writing against here is making it clear that you are not condemned for these things, um, for not following the old law. 
And he's saying, don't let anybody try to convince you otherwise. The, the main thing that Paul is saying here is that you are free in Christ and Christ alone. So those old things, the law, the sh- was a shadow of the real thing. I love the old that, laws, shadow. Yeah, the old yeah. law's restrictions um, served its, its purpose and had prepared us for the Messiah, the real thing. Um, so now that the law is completely useless or bad or wrong or anything, but it doesn't, um, the real thing has now come in Christ. And so we, we are free uh, in, in Christ. Uh, righteousness is found through him. We are free, made holy um, by him. So um, what Paul is not getting into here is it is a full discussion on the law, the purpose of the law, um, but what Paul is doing is right in line, right in step with the message of the entire um, letter, is saying that Jesus is enough. I mean, that's really what. Yeah, he's warning against legalism. Yeah, the whole the whole book of Colossians is about so that we're free from these type of restrictions um, because of Jesus. So, what Paul's really getting after, and Kelly, you just said it, is this idea of legalism. This. Uh, legalism stresses this obedience to the law or having a certain type of behavior over faith uh, and over in addition to God's grace. So obedience to a set of rules, following a certain list of behaviors is in competition with being saved by God's grace alone. So um, we say say it here, right? Jesus plus the law or obedience equals everything was kind of this what they, the people in Colossians were doing here. They were adding something to faith in Christ. Faith in Christ, yeah. Christ. So um, what we believe and what we say is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So his grace is enough. It's all we need um, to be saved. So I think Paul knows that there's this, in this transitional period, this, this recent uh, uh, church, the new church age, so post-Christ, but in kind of the first go of it as as church, right? And churches are growing and expanding. I think Paul knows that um, it could be really easy, and I think he knows what's going on in in places like Ephesus and Laodicea and Colossae is that they could be drawn to wanting to hold on to the the law and are removing the freedom that you could have in Christ. So they're trying to mix those two things and and navigate through those things. And so I think Paul is really emphasizing here um, the uh, sufficiency of Christ in Colossians. So, and I would say, Paul, and you said this, Paul is not saying uh, that the law has no place or purpose. Correct. Christ didn't come to abolish the law. Right. What Paul's saying is don't trust in your performance of the law for salvation. Trust solely in Christ for salvation. Right. And then the fourth commandment really blossoms. I mean, no one is saying that the the sixth commandment, do not murder, is <laughs> it doesn't need to be followed. Everybody says, yeah, murder's still bad. Right. Uh, and everybody's, Sabbath keeping is still good. Uh, the question is, why do we keep the Sabbath? We keep the Sabbath to remind ourselves of the rest that we're invited to enjoy through faith in Christ. Christ is on the throne. Christ is ruling and reigning. I'm going to take a day off so that I can thoroughly remember and, and be reminded of my trust in Christ. So how would you, how would you approach uh, a brother or sister in Christ here at the church who you like you are like you're in their life, maybe you're in their small group, but whatever. And it is clear as day they are not taking a Sabbath. Like they're there. It's seven days, seven day work week kind of thing. Like how would you initiate that conversation? 
Harsh rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I would just, I would enter into it like, man, you're running really hard, really fast, and uh, I worry for your your soul, that your soul, uh, find you know, that you need to find some some place to to rest. And looks like you uh, looks like you're just, you know, really really going hard after um something yeah something Um, whether you're trying you know and and man i i think i'd ask a lot of questions yeah you know why are you feeling that are you any financial pressure or you know is this just a season that you're in is you know things at work are really intense Mm -hmm. um you know how can you get past this or what's the plan or you know just kind of ask questions and and want to help. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Exodus thirty-one seventeen refers to creation. It says that on the seventh day, God rested and was refreshed. Does that mean God gets tired and needs rest to be refreshed, or does it mean something else? Yeah, so I would I'd start by saying God does not get tired like humans get tired. Um, so refreshed here, actually, and I, I looked it up. I think it's a great question. Refreshed actually means um, mm-hmm. a, a literal rendering is took a took a breath. Picture in your mind's eye God stepping back on the seventh day and and kind of you know the sigh of delight or pleasure in the good creation that He just accomplished. Um, and remember creation, the benediction that's at the end of each day of creation and it was good and it was good day one day two and so you you have a thorough understanding that all that he created is good and i i think the refreshed here uh, a more well i know that a more literal a rendering is he took a deep breath he's standing back he's taking it all in all that he created he's he's pausing with pleasure right um it's more of a posture. It's, it's certainly not an indication that he was exhausted. In fact, there are, are passages in Isaiah and other passages that say really clearly, God does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. Uh, to him who has no might, he increases strength. So God doesn't grow weary like we grow weary. He, um, he hasn't grown tired at the end of six days. Something's going on there. It's I think it's more of a, a reflective posture. Yeah. I've always kind of looked at it as a behold as well. Like, you know, sometimes when you do a good work, it's just nice to step back and just behold and appreciate and, you know, for us, praise God through it. Um, I kind of always looked at it like a little bit like that as well. I, I kind of like the notion that he, he began to enjoy in a new way yes. all that he had formed. Yes. Mm-hmm. The work of creating was done, and he entered into it. He started to, in a different way, participate. I use the word Sunday, rule and reign. So he, picture yourself um, making something at home. Maybe you would make a, a workbench or something, and you shift from making the workbench to utilizing the workbench. And I think that that's what's captured here. He shifts from the created work to the entering into creation, taking up his throne, ruling and reigning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's more of, of um, 
us having uh, a reason and an example than it is about trying to understand more about um, does God get tired? I think it's a great, it's really great question. It's really a great question to, but it's, um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's more what we're to learn from it is the example that God is setting for us. Not that he grow, you know, his hands grow tired like our hands would grow tired. Right. Um, or that he needs sleep or he needs, you know, to sit in his lazy boy. <laughs> kind of, you know, what you talked about mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday, Kelly. But, but that he's providing an example for us. Like he's lived this out and in, a, in some way, shape or form and that we have a, a reason, a model um, to follow. Yeah. That was a good example about your dad's chair. Like I, we, I didn't have that in my family, but I had other friends where it was like, Hey, uh, don't sit there. You know, <laughs> that's uh, that's dad's chair. It's like, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, next one. I grew up in church culture that required everyone to sit still on Sunday. At least that is how it felt. What is too much activity today? Oh, we kind of just got into this. Yeah, so I, I think it's a great question. If you're going to set a day, when you, I will say it that way, when you set a Sabbath day aside, what's too much activity in our modern context? And I basically try to stay away from any activities by which I provide for my family. So anything yep. by which I make money, you know, the pastoral work that I'm paid to do, I want to stay away from those on Saturday as best I can. Uh, so I do activities that I like to describe as a complete waste of time. By that I mean I, you know, I garden. Wait, oh, I get you saying. Yeah, like, I, I, I do. So in, in other words, it, it needs to have. Uh, its value it, is not in your occupation yeah. or your earning of income. Yeah, your va- the value is in what it does for you. Yeah, the soul, the soul level of value. It's no one's going to pay me. In fact. Um, if the garden really had to sustain our family, we'd be really skinny. So it's just, I'm in the backyard, putzing is what I like to say. You know, what are you going to do today? The kids will say, I'll say, I'm going to go putz in the backyard. So it's, you know, I'll read. So I'll mow the lawn. Uh, mowing the lawn is therapy for me. I could mow it, you know, any other day. So if I mow it on, on my Sabbath, it's, it's simply because I'm out there alone with the lawnmower listening to something that's refreshing and getting some exercise basically how about you guys yeah similar yep same i do try to on uh, friday or saturday whichever day it ends up being i do try to not do much work and you know even if i get a text or something you know try to depending on what it is like i'll just kind of answer that tomorrow or you know um but i i do i i enjoy mowing our lawn like that's not a Right. I don't. I don't get out the lawnmower and start filling it up with gas. Oh gosh! You know, like I just I enjoy <laughs> so it. So you don't like, act like I do. <laughs> Where are my boys? Why are I'm they like, doing this? Can we just make all the grass stone or mulch? <laughs> <laughs> hey John, do you have baggage from your childhood kind of legalism? Is it hard for you to take a Sabbath? Uh, no, no. What do you mean baggage? Like, um, like I get mad if people are mowing on Sunday. No, 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 or, no. Oh, uh, oh. Like a reverse. The reverse, so that you're. I you just know, is work. It, you don't want to enter into Sabbath. Do you resist the notion that you need to be still or quieter? Yeah, there was a man in our neighborhood. I think I've told this before. He was Jewish, and he owned the scrap metal yard in in Holland, and he would deliberately mow his lawn in our neighborhood on Sunday to make a statement. You <laughs> <Yeah>. felt. <laughs> um, 
No, I don't know. I think um, the the difficulty for me in taking a Sabbath is that there's, you know, we got a lot of kids doing a lot of different things. And yeah. sometimes those, you know, taking your kid to Winnetka for a soccer game on a Saturday is refreshing. Other times it's like a burden. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do right. this. Ah. But, um, yeah. So it's, it, I don't have, um, I, I try really hard to use Friday um, to get some time to um, exercise, be outside, or, if, you know, read or, you know, kind of relax for at least a portion of the day. Saturday is just a lot of family, family stuff typically. And so, yeah, there's a lot of overlap for me too. Cause like I enjoy playing my guitar mm. and so I yeah. may pick it up and play it out of enjoyment, but then there's definitely another mode where I pick it up and play it and I'm, I'm practicing for Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would try to, you know, stay away from that on a sabbath day for me mm-hmm. and, but i could still play my guitar out of enjoyment yeah because it's you yeah know, that's restful for it's me it's interesting you bring that up i mean um so when i sit down to read scripture as a as a matter of soul level renewal i inevitably end up ooh i could share <laughs> that's you know, a great sermon yeah. right yeah. sermon <laughs> illustration or ooh that's what i i need this or that and god's good in that but um at some point it, it needs to be not about my leadership responsibilities, but about my relationship with Christ. And yeah. that balance can be hard to maintain. All right, let's go to the final question. This last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday and commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the church. How does GEBC prior- prioritize what liturgical calendar events to remember and celebrate? Yeah, a couple of years ago, we paused on yeah. Pentecost Sunday and you know, everybody spoke in tongues. It was <laughs> nice. Fire came. Fire yeah. came down. You know, um, I, it's true. A couple of years ago, we marked the moment more thoroughly. We didn't this year for whatever reason. I don't know that there is a thoroughgoing rhyme or reason to when um, we match or follow the liturgical calendar. We have grown in um, what I would say our observance of, of the traditional church calendar. Uh, for example, we've added Monday, Thursday, and um, uh, we've added Lent leading up to Easter. We didn't, we uh, did, uh, we 25 do, years ago, we didn't have a real Lenten observance here. We do Ash Wednesday with oh, the, yeah, Ash. administering ashes, and yeah, that's, that's not we may be the typical only, for a lot of... No, we may be the only Bible church in the nation that administers <laughs> ashes. <laughs> You know, the Bible church movement is a fundamentalist movement that was loosely built around uh, the slogan, no creed but Christ, Uh, no book but the Bible. So the Book of Common Prayer, the liturgy Mm -hmm. that many of the uh, high churches, the Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Lutheran churches follow, um, the fundamentalist movement in America that got started out of the 1940s was really kind of in reaction to um, some of um, kind of a, a reaction to some of um, just wanting a higher view of scripture and feeling that some of the mainline denominations were losing a high view of scripture. And, and there was, I would say, kind of uh, an overreaction and kind of a throwing off to, I'll never forget, I'll give you an example. We did the Apostles' Creed here. Um, I did a teaching series on it. Man, I, 15 years ago, we had people leave Glowing Bible Church. 
when I taught through the Apostles' Creed. Because of the historic fundamentalist roots uh, and the slogan, no creed but Christ, no book but the Bible, they they felt like if it needs to be taught from the pulpit, it doesn't need to be a creedal statement. Let's just open God's word and it will speak for itself. And and so, um, you know, but there are, there are, so anyway, we, we're trying uh, to be aware of church history yep. and, and work it in, uh, but just happened to miss Pentecost Sunday yeah. last Sunday. Well, I think this falls in line with what we've been talking about this entire podcast, uh, legalism. Right. So, you know, I have uh, this newer book that I've gotten over the last couple months called The Worship Source Book, and it's got so many liturgies from right. the past hundred, couple hundred years, and it, they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, and they also do outline the liturgical calendar, and there's something for every, you know, but I don't feel compelled to do it because we're in a we're right. in a certain moment, space, and time right. in the liturgical calendar. I feel compelled to do it when I read through it and go, this is fantastic. Right. I would love to share with this meaning, right. with our church. I think it will, um, yeah, I think it'll refresh us. I think it'll be help us be made more aware of the spirit and the gathering. And so yeah. I want to do it, but I don't want to do it just because it says yeah. I should do it at this time, if that, that makes sense. You know, Sherry grew up Catholic, and the minute... Um, <laughs> there's a sense of liturgy in a service uh, she feels often put off by it because of kind of what became rote for her or right. perceived as rote uh, among, you know, uh, the church that she grew up in, but people just kind of going through the motions. Yes. And um, so uh, she can have kind of a being on guard against liturgy. Yeah. Um, and I grew up Catholic as well. Um, not like heavily practicing, but, but I, I do remember it feeling rote, and, but it's interesting because you can talk to other Catholics who sure. they think the exact opposite about right. the liturgy. They, yeah. they think it's like, no, it's not rote for me. It's beautiful. Every time it's beautiful that it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful that I remember it, you know, and they feel like in that they can go deeper in their faith through you know, those liturgical and To moments. your point on legalism, though, we, we need to be careful that um, attendance um, and observance isn't what we're trusting in. Uh, attendance at church, observant of a certain um, uh, services, um, ceremonies, uh, Pentecost Sunday, for example, that, that that's not what we're depending on. We're, we're actually depending on Christ and the services... Um, are are drawing us closer to Christ, reminding us of who Christ is and our dependence upon him. So Yeah. All right. Good one. That's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the next level podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scriptures are primary means for our getting to know him. Hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the next level. Boom! Prophecy.